All right, Shavu, say good morning. Let us let us begin. So first, let's begin by thanking our sponsors, our Tamatora sponsors for the month of Tishrei. Avram and Shindy coming for dedicating all the children this month in memory of their parents. To thank Jack Bennett, our Tamatora sponsor, for dedicating the Shurim this month in memory of Givati Brigade First Sergeant Nikolai Rappaport, and Dr. Linda Weinberg for dedicating all the Shurim in memory of her husband, Dr. Paul Weinberg Peretz Moshe Ben Avraham David. Our Week of Learning sponsors, Ira Miriam Grossman, in commemoration of the eyesight of Ira's father, Melvin E. Grossman. We hope that in the merits of our Tamatora, all the Neshamas will have an Aliyah and the families a Nechama. And with that, let us begin. Can you hear me all right? Yeah? Okay. So we'll say, so today's daf is chaf. Today's daf is chaf. And we are picking up in Meretz HaShem. Uh, we left off at the two dots on the bottom of Yud Tes Amud Beis 19b. We have an incredible sugi ahead of us today. So remember again, the according to Bryce over here, so we are now four lines up from the bottom. mishum simcha mishum chagiga. So the halacha is, remember we were discussing the, a lot, a lot of discussion yesterday. But one of the topics that we got very much involved in was the bringing of a carbon toda on Yom Tiv. So we had a bracelet that said, you can't bring it on Pesach, why? Chometz, right? You can't bring it on Atzeres because it's Yom Tiv, but yet the Gemara said you can bring it on Sukkis. So we didn't understand that statement. Turned out what the Gemara really meant was, when can you bring it on Sukkis? On Chalamayr. You can bring it on Chalamayr. The Gemara also said, that ultimately, again, if you bring a carbon, if you bring a carbon toda, you could use it for simcha, which means the meat that you get from that carbon ultimately can go ahead and can go ahead and be used to satisfy your obligation of v'samachta bechagecha to rejoice on yomtiv. But you cannot use the carbon toda to fulfill your obligation of bringing a carbon chagiga. Says the Gemara Pshita. It's obvious. Both say the, the, the obligation of Chagiga is, or I should say, a Chagiga is an obligatory offering. And any obligatory offering could only come from an unconsecrated animal. We spoke about this yesterday a little bit, that you cannot satisfy obligations, we're called carbonic obligations, with already sanctified animals. So a toda, which is a sanctified animal, cannot be used to go ahead and satisfy our, our, our carbonic obligation. To which the Gemara says, the af agab de parish, even though what it's, what it's coming to teach us is, we'll say is as follows, even though I know that I really can't use a carbon toda to satisfy my chayiga obligation, what happens if I went ahead and separated it anyway? In other words, I know I'm not supposed to do it, but let's say I did it. I separated out my carbon toda and I said, this is also going to be my chagiga. The Gemara says, it's coming to teach you that even if you went ahead and you did separate it out, when you should not have separated it out, halacha lamaisa, it does not work. The Gemara says, kidibay minei, as Rishlagish asked Rabbi Yochanan, Haomer, Hare Alai Toda, Ve'etse Bayede Chagiga. If a person says, I hereby take upon myself an obligation to bring a Toda, and I also want to use that Toda to satisfy my Chagiga obligation, or for example, Harini Nazir, a person says, I hereby accept upon myself an Edra Naziru, stop of Chaf, Ve'agalech Mimaos Meister Shani. And remember again, when, when a person finishes their Nazarite vow, so what's the halacha? What's the halacha? You go ahead and you have to bring karbanos. 
Let's say a person says, the money from my carbonos, from my neder nizirus, should come from my sershani money. Mahu, what's the halacha? Amar le nadar ve'eno yotze, nadar ve'eno megalech. He said, well, you took upon yourself the obligation to bring a toda, so you have to bring a toda, but that toda doesn't count towards your, towards your chagiga, and by the way, now you're a Nazir, and you cannot bring the Nazarite Karbanos from monies of, Ma, of, of Maestro Shani. So both say, so there's two things that are happening over here. First of all, that's an important principle. Any obligatory offering can only come from unconsecrated funds. So in other words, because it was, I think about it, it's a great chat. If something is already consecrated, let me just double up. Right, so for example, you know, I have money of Meister Shani, no problem. I just have to eat that and you have to use that in Yerushalayim. Let me just use that to take care of my Nazirus Karbanos. Or I have a carbon toad that any way that I have to bring, let me use that for Chagiga. Does not work. Dabr Shebechova, Enoba, Ela Min. Which is an incredible use. And therefore, again, in these cases, even if a person explicitly made that tonight, I hereby take upon myself a carbon toda and I'm going to use it as a chagiga. How does halacha translate that phrase? How does halacha translate that phrase? You obligated yourself to a toda. Oh, and by the way, you also have to bring what? A chagiga, right? Or I'm here by a nazia, I'm going to use the money of my Shani to go ahead and take care of my Nazarite carbonos. Fantastic. How does Halacha go ahead and interpret that? You're a Nazir, and you also have to pay for the Karbanos. Which tells you an incredible yisod in life. There are no shortcuts to accomplishing the things you need to accomplish in life. Person wants to be a Nazir, right? What does a Nazir represent? Someone who wants an elevated level of Kiddusha? Fantastic. You can't double up on something else in order to become a Nazir. You want to go ahead and boost yourself forward in life? No shortcuts for that. A person wants to go ahead and be the kind of person who ultimately, again, oh, we agree, I don't have to illustrate every example, but that's the Yisod. Absolutely no shortcuts to accomplishment in life. An incredible Yisod. Says the Gemara, Hahu Gavra, say, so now that we're mentioning conditions, the Gemara just brings up another interesting case. Hahu Gavra, the Amaluhu, there was a guy. Now Rashi points out over here, this is not just any guy. Rashi says, This is a guy on his deathbed and is making certain, making certain statements or wanting, certain is the wrong word. He is issuing certain, certain commands from his deathbed. Now we'll say we know that in general, verbal commands in halacha are pretty much meaningless with the exception of shchiv mira. The words of a shchivmira are as if they are papered, as if as if they're written down. So this guy, this guy is on his deathbed, and what happens? Zamaluhu, Havlu Arba Meyazuzi Laploni, give four hundred Zuz to Ploni, Barti, and I want him to marry my daughter. Just give him four hundred Zuz, I want him to marry my daughter. Amra Papa, so Papa says, Well, good for this guy. Arba Meyashakil, Ubarte Ibai Nasiv, Ibai Lonasiv. The guy gets the money, and if he wants to marry the daughter, he can marry the daughter. But if he doesn't want to, he doesn't have to. In other words, the way the halach interprets that statement is there's two different things happening over here. There's a gift of 400 zuz, and there is a request, please marry my daughter. However, the reason that's so is because of the order of things as they're said. The shchiv meirah says, give the money and let him marry my daughter. So those are two really separate things. Aval, i amar linsiv, so if you were to say, 
if this man marries my daughter or let him marry my daughter and give him 400 zuz, then I both understand it to be what? A conditional gift. Right? Then, if he marries the girl, he gets the money. And if he does not marry her, he does not get the money. Good. The only reason this is being brought up is because it's similar to the previous case where Osi was making it tonight. I'm going to bring a carbon toda and I'm going to use it for my chagig. I'm going to become a nazir and I'm going to use my maizrashani money. That, that, that's the connection of here. Beautiful. Weiter. There's a lot to say on carbon toda. Also, if we have time, I'll come back to it later. Yosef Mereimar, Vika'amr lahashmaitza mishmei dinafshe. So again, Mereimar was sitting and he went ahead and he said over this ruling in his name. Or you should say, he didn't, he didn't give it, well, let's see Rashi. Lahashmaitza, which, which ruling are we talking about? Da Omer Hare Alai Toda, that if a guy says, I hereby take upon myself a toda, and I'm going to use it to go ahead and fulfill my obligation of chagiga. So remember again, what did the Brayse say? What was the halacha? What was the halacha? You have to bring a toda, but you're going to also have to bring a chagiga. Now he said it, Mishmei Dinav Rashi says, Velo Amr Lei, Beloshon Baya, Ela Me'elav Amra. See, I will say, the way we read this case was almost as a question and answer. Right? So if a person says this, what's the status of that statement? When, when Maremar said this over, he did not read it as a question and an answer. Instead, he just read it, he gave it over as a statement. So Rafinish Rashi, he says, So ultimately it was the Gemara just saying Amemar is not arguing. It was just a different way of reading the previous text. That whereas when the Gemara presented it, it was more of a question. And in answer, Maremar just read it as a straight off statement. So Ravina said to Maremar, Asun hachi mas nisalo. This is your version of this. Anon ki deboi minei reishlagish mei rabbi yochanan We, in our version of it, we have it phrased as a question that reishlagish was asking rabbi yochanan. I will say, now the truth is, the conclusion is the same. Right? The conclusion is the same. That Allah Chalamais, again, you're on the, you're, you are obligated for a toda, and it doesn't satisfy your, your obligation for Chagiga, right? And you're going to be a, a Nazir, and you can't use the Maeser Sheni money for your Karbanos. Again, it was just a question of how the discussion was recorded. Is it a question and answer, or is it just a statement of both? So remember, again, you'll say to yourself, who cares? Right? Why does it matter? So remember, again, it's very important just because when Torah Shabbal Peh was Baal Peh, Right? When Torah Shabbat once upon a time was, was verbal, knowing how conversations were stated, question, answer. Remember, again, even think about just for committing something to memory, committing a question, answer versus a statement. Just again, bottom line is the same, but how it was recorded made a difference. So let's listen to this. The Tana taught before Rabbi Yitzchak Bar Abba. The Pasuk says, the Pasuk says, Vayakrev es ha'ola, vayasa He offered up the ola, and they went ahead and they did it according to the law. The Rebbe was saying, now what's, what's happening over here? Take a look at Rashi for just a moment. This is talking about the Ola that was offered up on the eighth day of the Miluim. Remember again, the Miluim refers to the inauguration of the Mishkan. So remember again, for eight days, right? For eight, we know this, so for eight days, they... When they inaugurated the Mishkan, Rashi says, 
excuse me, Al Aaron Chovaliyom, Kach Lucha Egel Ben Bakar Lachatos, the Ayel Laolos. So remember again, each of the days of the Miluim, Aaron had an obligation. Ultimately, again, this is, uh, right, this is, I'm sorry, not the eight days of the Miluim, I said that wrong, it's Yom Shmini, the eighth day. Remember again, for the first seven days of the inauguration of the Mishkan, it was Moshe Rabbeinu who effectively was acting as the Kohen Gadol. On day number eight is when Moshe Rabbeinu hands over the reins to Aaron. So this passage is referring to over here on day number eight. What did Aaron offer? He offered up an eagle ben bakr, a calf, as a chatos, and an ayol, a ram, as an ola. Fine. So the Pasik says, Vayasek Mishpat. Now look at Rashi, one more Rashi, I'm sorry. Vayasek Mishpat. Ma Mishpat Ha'amar Ba'olas Choval Al Karchei Chemishpat Ha'mafurash Ba'olas Nedava. So actually, let's, let's take a look. Rashi says over here, how did, I'm sorry, the Gemara says, how did Aaron offer up the Ola? So the Gemara says, Chemishpat Olas Nedava. That ultimately, again, the Ola of the Miluam of the inauguration was offered up the same way as an olas nidava, as well as the dava, limed al olas chova shetuunas micha. But say, so what, what does that mean? That the olas chova, right? The ola of Aaron on the day of inauguration was offered up in the same way as an olas nidava. It teaches us that halacha lamaisa an olas chova requires smicha, requires leaning. That was, well, that's what's happening over here. And Rashi says over here, if you go back to Rashi Vayasek Mishpat, very quickly, Rashi says, Ma mishpat amar ba'olas chova al karchei kamishpat hamafurash ba'olas nadava. Right? Meaning, when it says kamishpat, it means the olas chova, an obligatory ola, was done in the same way that, a, that, that an, op, um, not an optional, olas nadava, a voluntary, a voluntary Ola was offered up. Ushlamim, Sham Namru, Ubishlam Dava Dibrakasov, the Ksiv Adam Kakri Mikem, Mashmach Lishirti Yakrub, Uksiv Hasam, the Samach Yado. So ultimately, again, just as just as the Olas Nadava requires Micha, so to the Olas Chova requires Micha. Amrale, Dharma the Khamani, Beshamahi. Ultimately, again, whose opinion does this reflect? It must be Beshamai. Delo Gamri Shame Chova Mishame Nedava. Because Bishamah again in general does not learn out the halachas of obligatory shlamim from voluntary shlamim. Because since Bishamah ultimately learns out shlamim chover from shlamim nedava, olas chova nami loti baikra. You don't need a pasuk to teach you about olas chova. Why? The gamri me olas nedava. Because you can simply learn it out from the halachas of olas nedava. How do you know that Beis Hillel learns out from Shamei Nedava? Maybe he learns out from Olas Chova. And Olas Chova itself will require a Pasek. So why would this be any different than Shamei Nedava that you learn it out from? To which the Gemara says, Shekin Mitsuyin. Shami Nedava are different because Shami Nedava are common. So the Gemara says, Me Olas Chova Namilo Gamri. You can't learn from Olas Chova either. Why? Shekin Khalil. Because we're saying Olas Chova is unique and that it is fully consumed on the Mizbeach. Ela Asya Mibinaya. Rather, the Gemara says, You're right. We learn Mibinaya, and that Mibinaya ultimately again means from like a common denominator. Look at Rashi. It's the first Rashi on the first of the intermediate lines. Asim Minayo, Liola Masnis in the Tani Chada Divreha Kolhi, Vafila Besila Bayakra, Umeacha de Kamlan Smicha Baolas Chova, Mehaikra Asulu, Shangab. So again, Rashi goes on to explain 
Really, what's happening over here is it's learned out from the common denominator from both from both halachas. V'sari beisilel shalmi chovalo bos micha. Now the Bishamay actually hold her because the Gemara made a statement before that Shalmi Chova do not require Smicha. Is that true? Vatanya Am Rabbiosi Lo Nechleku Bishamay Ubeisilel Ala Smicha Atzma Shetzarich. So listen to this, Rabbi Rabbiosi, and we're jumping back now to the Mishnah for just a moment. Remember again, how did this whole Machlokes begin? The Machlokes Bishamay and Beisilel in the Mishnah was on two topics. Right? Remember again, according to Be'i Shammai, you can bring Shlamim, you can't bring Olos. You can bring Shlamim, you can't bring Olos. Be'i said, you can bring Shlamim, you can bring Olos, and you can do Smicha. Now, interestingly enough, interestingly enough, so right, I'm sorry, one more thing. Be'i Shammai says, you can bring Shlamim, you can't do Smicha, and you can't bring Olos. Be'i Shammai says, you can bring Shlamim, you can bring Olos, and you can do Smicha. So the Gemara says over so something very interesting. The Gemara says, Bishamisila both agree that conceptually you require smicha for a carbon. So what's the machlok? It's but yet Bishamai said in the Mishnah that you don't do smicha, that you don't do smicha on Yamtiv. The Machlokis is about the following halacha, which is, does smicha have to take place immediately preceding shechita or not? Beishamai says you don't need to, which is right about saying the Mishnah, what does Beishamai say? When Beishamai says in somchin, right, that you can offer up, can offer up olos, but you can offer up shlamim, the in somchin, you don't do smicha. What does that mean you don't do smicha according to Beishamai? What does that mean? You don't do smicha on Yom Tiv, but when do you do smicha? On Erev Yantif, on Erev Yantif, Ubeisila Omrim Tsarechu. Ubeisila, sorry, Tsarech. Ubeisila holds that Allah Chalamai said, no, take if the smicha shechita that you require, that you require smicha right before shechita. That's why Ubeisila not only allows you to go ahead and shech, shlamim and olos, but also allows you to do smicha on Yantif. Who do Amar Kiyai Tana? He holds like the following Tana. The Sanyo, Amra Biosi, Baradi Huda, Lo Nechluku, Beishamai, Ubeisila. I'll take it for the smicha shechita shetzarich. Beisham Yisrael don't disagree that you require, or they, I should say, they agree that you require smicha right before shechita. What do they argue about? Ala smicha atzma. They argue about smicha itself. Shebeishamai omrim eno tzarich. Ubeisila omrim tzarich. Ultimately, again, I will say what they're arguing about. Their argument is about is about smicha itself. Does ultimately, again, a carbon require smicha or not? Beishamai says it doesn't. Beisilel says it doesn't. We reject that version of the machlokes. Everyone agrees that a carbon requires smicha. The machlokes ultimately is, does smicha need to be right before shechita or not? We paskin like Beisilel, that Allah said what we call tekef smicha shechita. That ultimately, again, smicha itself must be done Immediately preceding shechita, incredible. So both say, so let's go back to a little bit. So we still, we still require. We have a lot of, we have a lot of balls in the air over here, right? And a lot of different sugyas that we still have not found resolution on. How do we paskin like beisila beishamai nedarma nedavas? I that we spoke about a little bit, and now take off the smicha shechita. We'll bring it all together. Turn on both say an incredible case. Turn on Listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. Ma'isev elazakin. Both say there was a story with elazakin. Now elazakin means. Hillel, right? Hillel. So there was a story with Hillel Zakin. 
Shehevi Olasula Azara Lismochalabiamtiv. See, he brought an Ola to the base Hamikdash. He brought an Ola to the base Hamikdash, and he was going to do smicha on it on Yamtiv. Now, there's two things happening over here, right? Number one, what is he bringing? What is he bringing? An Ola, right? That's number one. Number two, what is he going to do? Smicha. Okay, fine. Now, we'll say, not a big deal. That's Shitas, right? That's, that's Shitas Hilo, right? That's what Hilo holds. You can bring Ola, you can do smicha. Listen to this. Ultimately, again, the students of Shammai ganged up on him. This is Hillel. The students of Shammai ganged up on him in the base Mekdash. They said, what kind of animal is that? See, what they were trying to figure out, was he offering up an Ola or was he offering up a Shlamim? If it was a Shlamim, fine. If it's an Ola, they were going to give him a hard time. So what happened? Amrlahem, he said to them, Nikevahi, don't worry, it's a female. Now what is that? Rashi says, Sha'in Ola Nikeva. So he told them, Don't worry, guys, it's just a shlamim. It's just a shlamim, right? It's a female animal. Female animal is not brought as as an Ola. So he told them it's a shlamim. He told them it's a shlamim. So the Gemara says, What happened? So the uh biznava. See he so he was going to move the tail to show them that it's a female. But he, but v'halchulam, they believed him, so he didn't move the tail. So I will say, so what happens? Va'osahayom gavra yadam shal beishamai. That day, beishamai was stronger than Hillel. So I will say, an incredible. You'll, you'll see the power of this mice in just a moment. So that day, that day, the school of thought of Shammai, which tells you that what number one, you can't offer olos. Number two, you can't do smicha, right? Because here the Tamidim of Shammai literally again surrounded Hillel. Hillel, Hillel had to change the truth. He had to change the truth, right? Because again, remember, it was, it, that, I just, just want to be clear. Remember again, he was offering up an Ola. He told them, he told them that it was a shlamim by telling them that it was a female animal. He said, I'll even show you. Now they didn't call his bluff, right? They didn't call his bluff. So he, did, he didn't have to show them, but he lied. Right, he changed the truth. We'll see, we'll see why Hillel did that in, ju- in just a moment. So that day, the position of Shammai became dominant over the position of Hillel. So it says, There was, there standing around, a certain elder who was one of the Tamidim of Shammai. Right, of Shammai Azakin. Ubava ben Buta Shmo. His name was Bava ben Buta. Shahay Yodea, Shalacha Kebesilah. Now, I will say this individual, this individual ultimately, again, was a student of Shammai, but he knew that the halacha really followed Hillel. So what did he do? So the Gemara says, V'shalach. What did he do? V'shalach, on the days, the heavy called son Kedar Shalayim. Apparently, he was a wealthy individual. He bought all of the sheep in Yerushalayim. And Rashi, not only sheep, son Kedar, which are the best sheep, right? V'hamidan ba'azara. He brought them to the base Hamikdash. Va'amar kol Misha wrote a lismoch, yavo v'yismoch, and he made it right. He, he made an announcement to whoever wants to come and do smicha on these animals. Come a massive smicha event, right? Massive smicha event, right? So come and go ahead and do smicha on the on the animals. So we'll say it's actually interesting. Rashi says over here, how, how is this halachically possible? You're not allowed to bring, sorry, Tosis, I mean, you're not allowed to bring unconsecrated animals to the Beis Hamikdash, to the Azara. So Tosis says over here, the heavy cults on Kedar Azara, the team of Ha'in Mabin Khun Azara, the Shlomar, the Lav Dafka Bazara, Ella Baharabayas. 
So it doesn't mean Bava ben Buta did not actually bring these animals. He didn't bring this flock of sheep into the Beis He brought it onto Harabai, his Temple Mount. And he said, whoever wants to come, do smicha, take these animals, offer it up as karbanos, harashus biyadon. So we'll say, so, so what happened? Va'osayom, gavra yadon shal beisilel, v'kavu halacha, v'kavu halacha kimosan, v'lohaya shum adam she'ir er b'davar klum. So I'll say, after this event, it became clear, right? So the hands of Hillel, right? Literally, again, the position of Basilel became supreme, right? Ultimately, again, became the dominant opinion, and no one ever argued on Basilel again. So I will say, so first of all, there's, there's so much to learn from this story, which is also very interesting that sometimes, say you see, sometimes you see that, like, the followers of great people often go ahead and exploit the teachings of their teachers to go ahead and engage in inappropriate and egregious behavior. You know, one of the most famous machloksim in pre-state Eretz Yisrael was Rav Yosef Chaim Sonnefeld, right? The Rav of Yerushalayim and, and Rav Kook. And Rav Kook. And there was often, there, there are crazy stories about what the followers of Rav Sonnefeld did to Rav Kook. Crazy stories. And what people don't realize is the two of them, although they had incredible machloks in many, many, many different areas, had an incredible mutual respect for each other. And sometimes people take ideology, real like l'shma, like, like a machlokis l'shim shamayim, and they translate it, they translate it into just abhorrent behavior, just abhorrent behavior. And it's so dangerous because especially like, sometimes when you feel that you're fighting for a religious cause, it becomes, it becomes, you know, a license to go ahead and engage in so many, so much negative behavior. So, like, you look at what's happening over here. What a chutzpah! It's a lazogin. Who do you think you are? Right, you're telling me that's right. You've been in yeshiva for 13 minutes, so suddenly again you're going ahead and you're being chutzpah to to to, to, to hill lazogin. Also, you know, you see this. I think it's one of the issues that sometimes confronts Klal Yisrael a little bit, and you see it in a lot of different areas. You see sometimes the way people speak, I'm not talking about myself, but like, you see the way people speak to Rabbanim, about Rabbanim, you know, and, and they think you're taking a principled stance, but a person has to be a Balter Acheretz. You know, just in yesterday Yisrael, there was a crazy event that was happening in Meir Sharim. Somebody, there was scaffolding, somebody built a sukkah, somebody built a sukkah on, on scaffolding that was like 50 meters tall. So the police came, they took it down, and there was, there, there, was, there was like a mob. There was like a mob. There was a riot. What, what's happening to us? What's happening to us? That, that, who, first of all, who's the idiot who built a sukkah on scaffolding? Right? You're obviously puster because you're a shota. Right? So, so I'm saying, so like, what, 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 what is it even? What, what, what are you doing? But that you didn't go ahead and riot over that? As, as, if, some, as if something so egregious is... We, we've, we've lost a little bit. We've lost a little bit about the ability to disagree with dignity and to go ahead and espouse different differing opinions in the right way. COVID has certainly not helped any of that on a variety. But again, it's amazing to see that it's good to know it's not a new problem. Right? That's what's good to know. So it's good to know that at the end of the day, for whatever the reason, people just have difficulty disagreeing with dignity or dialoguing with dignity. What a chutzpah. You disagree with Hillel, you're a Talmud of Shammai, let Hillel do what he wants. He's earned it. He's earned it. But to confront him in the mikdash like that 
is pretty astounding. So I'll say there's another story like this. There's another story. So the Gemara says, Shuv Azara. So there was another story of another Talmud of Hillel. Right? Now this is Tamide Basilal. Shehevi Allah Azara. And he brought his Ola to the base of Mikdash to do smicha. So we'll say, so remember again, same story. Except now it's not Hillel, it's his student. Ultimately, again, bringing Ola smicha. Good. So we'll say, get ready for this. Another Talmud of Beishamai confronted this Talmud of Basilal. Amrlo, ma zu smicha. So the Talmud of Beishamai said, Talmud of Beishilel, literally, Mazu Smicha, which is, Rashi says over here, Mazu Smicha, Sha'atarotza Lismoch, Velavar, Beishamai, Velo Anucholkin Aleichem. So he said to him, literally, what is up with this Smicha? What are you doing with the Smicha? The Talmud of Beishilel responds, Amrlo, Mazu Shtika. What is up with your silence? Now, again, what he was telling him was, be quiet. Be quiet. Be quiet. So the Talmud of so the Talmud of Beishamai said the Talmud of Beisilah Mazu Smicha. What's up with your Smicha? The Talmud of Beisilah responded, What's up with your Shtika? Right? What's up with your silence? Meaning, be, be quiet. Shasko Benaziva Bahalichlo. The Talmud of Shamai was silenced, and the Talmud of Hillel left. So we'll say Abaye says Amr Abaye Hilchach Haitzura Mirabanan the Amr Lechavri Milsa. So we'll say, you see something very important over here. That when a Talmud Chacham is insulted, You should always have a proportionate response when someone insults you. But we'll say, what an incredible life lesson. Sometimes, right, someone insults us and we're so hurt, we have a disproportionate response. You did that to me, I'll come back even stronger. So the Gemara says, it's okay to respond. It's okay to respond, but it must be a proportionate, a proportional response. So the Gemara says, after all, the Amr Lei Chavre, sorry, don't respond more than what your friend initially said to you. Because the Talmud of Beishamai originally said to the Talmud of Beisilel, what's going on with your smicha? And the Talmud of Beisilel responds, what's up with your silence? So we'll say, so first of all, two incredible lessons that come out from this. Number one, number one, that, well, actually, we'll we'll focus on one for now, then we'll go back and loop it back in just a moment. But you you see over here the need for for a a proportional response, right? A proportional response that sometimes, again, people wrong us, which happens, and there needs to be a response. That response needs to be measured. Sometimes when we get hurt and when we get upset, we lose control. And as a result, there's like an avalanche of emotion that comes back. So first of all, Generally, when you do that, you look like the one who is unhinged and the one who has gone off the rails and you generally lose any kind of moral high ground with all of that. So sometimes there's a need to respond, but the response must always be proportionate. Now, also, what I want to draw your attention to is something very interesting, which is the contrast between the two stories, right? If you notice again, when Hillel was confronted, right? When Hillel was confronted, what does Hillel do? What does he do? Nothing. In other words, he doesn't respond. He responds by essentially de-escalating. Right? That's what he does. He de-escalates. Right? He says, listen, you know what? You're, you're, you're not... No, no, no. Ola? No, it's not an Ola. This is a female. Want to see? Right? Want to see? Right? And, and again, they call it, he, he de-escalates. The Talmud, the Talmud responds, which I will say tells you something very important in life. 
that in life there are times where de-escalation and silence are the best approach. And then there are times where a response is absolutely necessary. And this is hard, because there are some people who always respond, right? Not good. And then there are some people who are always silent, and that's also not good. Knowing when to be silent and de-escalate, and knowing when to respond, is sometimes one of the hardest things in life. And I'll tell you something interesting I will say. I think this is the Pshat maybe in the Mishnah also. Remember again, what did the Mishnah say about Basil? What was the Shita of Basil? Basil Omrim, Mevian Shlomim, Vaolos, Vesomchanale. Remember that phrase. So perhaps that's this Yisod. Basil says, sometimes Mevian Shlomim. Sometimes in life, what do you have to bring to the table? Shlomim. What Shlomim? Shlomim is Shalom, right? Why is Shlomim called Shlomim? Everybody gets a piece. Koshwal gets a piece. Kohanim get a piece. The owners get a piece. It's Shlomim. Sometimes in life, Sometimes in life, you have to bring shlamim. Sometimes in life, the fight is just not worth it. It's just not worth it. You just have to figure out how to de-escalate. Sometimes, va'olos. They both say, what's an ola? What's an ola? An ola is kula Hashem. Ola represents taking a stand. Taking a stand because sometimes in life, you can't de-escalate. And sometimes in life, you have to draw your line. And sometimes in life, you have to take a stand. And if you figure out, ultimately again, how to create a balance between being a shlamim Jew, one who's able to de-escalate, make shalom, silence, and an Ola Jew, one is able to draw his line and take a stand, what does the Mishnah say? Somchen Aleihen. Such a person like this, such an approach to life, you could be Somechan. Such an approach to life you could rely on. To find that balance between being an Ola, between being a Shlamim, Somchen Aleihen. Can't always be a Shlamim, can't always be an Ola, but if you figure out how to take both qualities and figure out when to use each, Somchen Aleihen, such an approach to life, you could rely on for success. Incredible you sowed. Says the Gemar Tanya, Amalem Beisilo Beishamai, Sebos says go later. Samalem Beisilo Beishamai, Beisilo says Beishamai, Uma Bimokom, Sebos says, so now we're going back a little bit. So now we're focusing a bit more on the Iker Machlokas. The Iker Machlokas. So the Iker Machlokas is Sham Beisilo. Remember again, really focuses on two areas. Number one, what can you bring? Right? So Beisilo, Olos Shlamim, Beishamai, Jesh Shlamim, and then the Smicha discussion as well. Beishamai, no Smicha on Yamtiv, Beisilo, Smicha on Yamtiv. Says the Gemara Tanya, Amr Lehem Beisilo, Beishamai, I will say this is great. Beisilo said to Beishamai, Uma Bimakom, Sha'asr Lehedyot, Mutr Lagavoa. I've been in a situation. Where it's Asr, Lehad, you can't do Malacha for a private person, but yet you can do Malacha for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But also, what is that referring to? Shabbos. Right? On Shabbos, you know, I'm not allowed to do Malacha, but yet in the Mikdash, I can do Malacha. In other words, when I say I can do Malacha, I can bring Karbanos. You can bring Karbanos to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. However, therefore, Makum Shemutu Lehad, certainly in a situation where it is motor to do Malacha for an individual. When is it motor to do Malacha for an individual? An Yamtiv, Ochel Nefesh. Certainly you could do anything for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's why Basila posits you could even bring Olos. You can even bring Olos. Because at the end of the day, anything, if, if I'm allowed to do Malacha for me, I could do anything for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. will say, no, not necessarily. I'll prove to you that that point is not necessarily true based on Nidarim and Nidavas. How so? Because remember again, based on yesterday's daf, everyone agrees that what? 
that are yomtiv, you cannot bring nidarim and nidavas. So Beishanabha says, we hear what's happening over here. Beish, Hillel wants to say to Shammai, listen, of course you could bring olos and shlomim on yomtiv. Because think about the following Kavachomer. If on Shabbos I can't do malacha for myself, but I can do malacha, so to speak, for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, yomtiv, where I can do malacha for myself, i.e. ochel nefesh, certainly I can bring any type of carbon for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Fuj Shammai says, that's not true. Because even on Yomtiv, you can't bring any carbon. Baharaya, you can't bring what? You can't bring what? Nidarm and Nidavas. Can't bring voluntary offerings. Shamotu lehedyot, vasu legavah. Ultimately, again. So Beishamai says, look at Nidarm and Nidavas. Amr lohem, Beishilel. Beishilel says, it's not a good raya. I'll tell you why. Ma linidarm and Nidavas, she'in kavua lahem zman. It's different. The reason you can't bring Nidharam and Nidavas on Yom Tev is for a different reason, which is why? Why? You don't have to. You don't have to. In other words, they could just as easily be brought before Yom Tev or after Yom Tev. So there, there's nothing pushing you to bring it on Yom Tev itself. Tomar ba'olas ri'iyah she'kavu alazman. But yet say the olas ri'iyah. Because remember again, this point of contention in Timei is really with the olos that are associated with Yom Tiv, specifically the Olas Re'iyah, which is the Ola that every male is obligated to bring when he comes to Yushalayim on the Regalim. So remember again, so Beishillah so will say to Beishillah, you're right, you can't bring the Dharma and the Davis. That's because they don't really have to be brought on Yom Tiv. But in Olas Re'iyah, which is associated with Yom Tiv. Now again, do you have to bring your Olas Re'iyah on Yom Tiv? Do you have to bring it on Yom Tiv? Yeah. No, you can bring it when? Erev Yom Tiv. Right, Erev Yom Tiv. And it's just even if you get it, bring it after Yom Tiv. But Lamaisa, again, point that Basil is trying to make is that anything that is tethered to Yom Tiv should be able to be brought Yom Tiv itself. The truth is, even the Olas Re'iyah is not bound by time. How do I know this? This if a person did not bring his Olas Re'iyah on the first day of Yom Tiv, incredible, Chag, generally first to Sukkis, right? Incredible, Erev Yom Tiv. Whoever did not bring his Ola, Ola Sri on the first day of Yom Tiv, Shachag Chogig Vaholech Kol Haregel Kulo. He can bring it over the entire Yom Tiv. V'yom Tiv Ha'achron Shachag. You could even bring it when? On Shemini Atzeres. Shemini Atzeres. So, so the point that Bishama is making is, to a certain degree, Ola Sri is also not bound by time. Now the truth is, it's bound a little bit more by time. In that what? You ideally need to bring it sometime over Yom Tiv, but Lamaisa doesn't have to be brought per se on, on Yom Tiv itself, right? And therefore, Halacha Lamaisa, Halacha Lamaisa, it should be like Nadrami Nadavas, Amalam Beisilel, Af Zu It's not true. The Ola Sri'iyah also is time bound. How so? This noun, Afra Haregel Velochag. Listen to this. If Yom Tiv goes by, and what? And what? You did not bring your carbon Chagiga. Eino, or I'm sorry, or your old asriya, eino chai ba'achri yuso. But say, it is time down, because what happens? If you did not go, if Yantif passed and you didn't bring your old asriya, you didn't bring your chagiga, guess what? You don't bring it. You don't bring it. Which tells you that although there is a larger window to bring it, at the end of the day, it is still time bound. So the Gemara says, says, But the Pasuk says, Lochem. But this is incredible doing this sugyas today. Right? The Pasuk says, The Pasuk says, Lochem, that ultimately, again, what malach are you permitted to go ahead and do on Yom Tiv? You're permitted to go ahead and do things, let's sort of, for you. That's what you're allowed to do, Lochem. 
Rebbe says he can't do malacha ultimately again for Hakadosh Baruch Hu, right? Meaning the hetter of ochal nefesh ultimately again applies for food preparation or food consumption for the individual. It does not apply for carbonic purposes. The pasuk says Lashem, which teaches us call the Lashem anything that Hakadosh Baruch Hu needs for yamtiv, so to speak. You're allowed to go ahead and do. So if that's the case, if Hashem tells you that anything for sacrificial purposes is actually going to be permitted, then what does Lachem come to limit? Lachem v'lo l'kusim, Lachem v'lo l'klavim. And we'll say what it means is that the heter v'ochel nefesh only applies to Jews, not to kusim, not to kusim, and ultimately again, Lachem v'lo l'klavim, not to your animals. So we'll say, so interestingly enough, the heter of ochel nefesh only applies for fellow Jews, does not apply. Kusim is even a strong example because remember, Kusim is like a suffix about what their status is. And not only can I not do Malacha for Kusim, I can't do Malacha for Gentiles, nor can I do Malacha for my animals, says the Gemara. Abishol Om Abishol had a different version of the previous Yenshavosai. So, bottom line, the Machlokes Vesham Beis is something very interesting over here, which is that, that what are we allowed to do on Yantiv? It's really a fundamentally Yisodistic Machlokes about what type of sacrificial service becomes permitted on Yom Tiv, if any. So essentially, really what Beishama is only going to allow is a type of sacrificial service which also serves your Yom Tiv needs. So that's why Beishama holds that what can you bring on Yom Tiv? What can you bring? A shlamin, right? But anything that is just kula la Hashem, interestingly enough, you can't bring. Now, say, now I want to be clear. We're not, Beishama is not arguing on Karbanos Tzibor. Right, he's not arguing on communal offerings. Obviously, communal offerings are offered every day, right? The Talmud Shal Shachar, Talmud Shal Ben Arbayim, the Ketaris, that, that's always done. We're talking about individual karbanos right now. So Beishamai says, if it doesn't serve a yomtive need for you, an ochal nefesh need, you can't use it. So Shlomim give you meat. That's why you could use it. Olos can't use it. Beishilal essentially operates with this yesod of Lashem. Lashem. And just like Lachem teaches me I can do what I need for me, Lachem teaches me that I can do whatever I need for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So both say, so listen to this. Abishol had the same, had the same conversation, the same, the same back and forth, just a little bit of a different verbiage. Listen to this. Abishol, in a situation where your oven is closed, your master's oven is open. We'll say, what does that refer to? Once again, Shabbos. Shabbos, your oven is closed, right? You can't cook. Your master's oven is open. There's still karbanos that are happening in the base of Mikdash, even on Shabbos. So the Gemara says, In a situation where your oven is open, i.e. when? When? Yamtiv. Certainly the oven of your master is open as well. You should be able to bring even olos. And the truth is, this seems to be correct. Why? Wow, it's so beautiful. How could it be on Yom Tiv that your table is full and your master's table is empty? Right? They all say, what an incredible use. So, in other words, which, 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 we're okay. So, in the carbonic sense, what it's saying is, how could it be that you're going to have all of this beautiful stuff for Yom Tiv and yet you're holding back carbonos in your master? I will say, what it also tells you is, that when it comes to Avodah Hashem, I have to be willing to exert myself for the Ribbon Shal Olam as much as I'm willing to exert myself for myself. Right? That the same way, what would I do to fill my table? What am I willing to do to be successful in life? 
What am I willing to do to make money? What am I willing to do, again, to be a success, however you define success? What, what, what am I willing to do? So the hope is that most of us, with the, the correct answer is, I'm willing to do everything. I'm willing to work as hard as I need to work in order to be as successful as I possibly can be. Fantastic. That same work ethic that we apply to our personal success has to be applied to our spiritual success as well. It can't be that the table of your success is full. And the table of my master of HaKadosh Baruch was empty. However hard I'm willing to work for my success, which I think Rabbi say for most of us, is pretty hard. Is the same work ethic I need to bring to my Ruchnius. An incredible Yisod. So my Kamiflagi, so I'll say ultimately again, so the two versions kind of seem to be saying the same thing. But obviously if it's two different versions, they're also arguing about something. So my Kamiflagi, to which more says Mars, so my Kamiflagi, one, one opinion will say that according to this approach, you could go and offer up Nidharma Nidavas. Umar Savar ain't craving beyamtiv. And the other opinion will say, no, you can't go ahead and offer up Nidharim and Nidavas. Right? So according to the second approach about the table being full, it sounds like you should be able to offer up Nidharim and Nidavas as well. First opinion would say no. So the Gemara says, Huna, the Divraya Omer Nidharim and Nidavas ain't craving beyamtiv. So we'll say, so therefore again, what we have over here is fundamental machlokas, Yisham Beisilel, just two different ways of framing the machlokas. Now the Gemara is going to go ahead and just focus on this Nedarim and Nedavas by Yamtiv for just a moment. So the Gemara says, According to the opinion, it says that you can't offer up Nedarim and Nedavas on Yamtiv. Listen to this. We'll say, it's not the Pshat. That Nedaraisa, you can really offer up Nedarim and Nedavas. Right? You can really offer them up. But it's the rabbis, it's the rabbanon, it's Chazal who stepped in and said that you can't. Why? Gezeira Shema Yisha. Because I will say, listen to this. You could, perhaps you want to taina, Demida Araisa, you can offer up Nedarm and Nedavas on, on Yantiv, right? How can you say that? I will say, if you go with Beis Hillel's idea of La Hashem, anything that is La Hashem could be offered up, that would seem to include what? Nedarm and Nedavas. I, so why can't you offer up Nidharim and Oh, because the rabbis came along, Chazal came along and said, we don't want you doing that. Why? Shema Yisha. But said, Shema Yisha means what? We're concerned that you're going to tarry and bring your kavanas. Because think about this. If I know that I can bring my Nidharim and Nidavas on Yom Tiv, am I making a special ship to Yushan to bring my Nidharim and Nidavas? The Pashtos? No. The Pashtos? No. What am I going to do? I'll just bring it with me when I'm coming to Yerushalayim Anyway, Chazal were concerned about that because we will say if somebody makes a neder or a dava, we want them to go ahead and honor their pledge as quickly and expeditiously as possible. So therefore, again, Chazal said, "Don't." So you might have thought that according to the opinion who says you can't bring neder and dava san yamtiv, really midarai say you can, but midrabanon we said you can't shema yisha. That's not true. The truth is, Rabbi Osai, so you really can't bring Nedarim and Nedavas. How do we know that? Because Rabbi Osai, right, which is the offering ultimately on Shavuos, which was an obligatory offering. 
You can't bring in a time of Shema Yisha, right? No one's concerned Shema Yisha, because remember again, you have to bring it on Shavuos. And yet, And yet, again, the Shtei Alechem is not Docha Shabbos, not Docha Yomtev. And therefore, I will say, you begin to see that what according to the opinion who holds, that that Nedarim and Nedavas are not brought on Yomtev, that's Midaraisa. That's midaraisa the naparayim. So they both say, so how do we paskin in this? So let's work backwards a little bit. So remember again, we already saw this halacha. I mentioned this to you yesterday. We paskin that we do not bring the darim and the davas on yomtiv. We don't. We don't bring the darim and davas on yomtiv. They both say in the machlokis Hashem I'll show you. Mir Tzashem, we're going to do the daf tomorrow on yomtiv. I'll show you the Rambam tomorrow, Mir Tzashem. But we'll see that the Rambam is going to paskin like Beisilol, namely that halacha lamaisa. You could bring shlamim and you could bring olos on yomtiv. They'll say pretty much, so you can bring Shlom and Olos, but remember, your license to bring Shlom and Olos are, is, is limited to what? Carbonos related to Yamtiv. Right? So we pass like Beisalaj, you can either bring Olos, but it's got to be Yamtiv Olos. And lastly, we are going to see that we pass in Tekev Lismicha Shrita. That Allah says, Smicha itself must occur right before Shrita. But say, we'll stop over here. Wishing everyone a beautiful, uplifting, and meaningful yomtiv. Looking forward to continuing that over yomtiv. Shkoyach.